Welcome to Lacrosse Recruiting 101, where the biggest names in lacrosse share their inside views and expertise. Now, your host, Luke Cometti. Charlie Toomey, Loyola Men's Lacrosse head coach. Thanks for doing the podcast. Luke, good to have you here. Yeah, it's a beautiful driving in here to Ridley Athletic Complex, sitting down in your beautiful locker room. I assume I was talking to Coach Duan. He said this is new. Um, it looks brand new. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys? Yeah, came- um, you know, Ridley opened up in 2010, and uh, at that time, you know, we were state of the art of everything, right? And uh, you know, it's amazing how time flies so quickly. All of a sudden, uh, it's 2021, and you know, sticks, uh, locker rooms take a beating with lacrosse sticks and helmets every day. And, uh, 18 to 22 year old men. Yeah, absolutely. And the other side of it is, and I know this is a recruiting, um, you know, video, but it's an arms race, right? And so, uh, when a young man comes over to Ridley and is walking through your locker room, you certainly want an area that's going to pop a little bit. And, um, and so that was one of the points of emphasis. Uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have a, a very supportive alumni group and parents group. And uh, they basically, you know, really were on board when we said this is something that we need to uh, to kind of differentiate ourselves in this sport. Um, and and so, yeah, last year was our first season in this locker room. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to uh, many more successful ones. Now, is this your first season here, you know, right at the field? Or is this a new locker room for you guys, period, this actual space? No, we basically gutted the locker room. So we've been in here since 2010. um, But this past uh, summer, well, two summers ago, it was gutted. Brand new lockers, lighting, um, all kinds of logos, TVs. But the layout is is similar. uh, But what it is, it's it's a more useful space for us. Um, What we can do in here is have our offense every day meet with Coach Van and do some filming while the defense is up in the film room. So yeah. we've got a, a drop-down uh, film screen. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it just kind of makes us a little more efficient. The only coaching that we really do in here as a whole team is on game day. Yeah. Well, I just noticed that, you know, you're walking right out to the field, right, right from your locker room. And I think of just, you know, when I was at Syracuse, we were at Manly, you know, you had to take a bus over to the field. We had locker rooms at the Dome, but they weren't our lo- it wasn't our locker room. So it probably means a lot to be right at the field that you're playing on, you're practicing on, you know, guys want to come. I'm sure they can get on the field and shoot whenever they want. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's one of the things that we talk an awful lot about throughout the process is, you know, when you're driving up that hill uh, to Ridley, you know, you're, you're really leaving everything else behind. This is Everything is is here for you, right? Whether or not it's the training room, the weight room, the coaches' offices, obviously the locker room, our two practice fields. Um, you know, when 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 Ridley was built in 2010, you know, we joked around about one of our favorite spots here is just that long concrete wall right outside of our locker room. And you know, I think yeah. the administration was like, "Wait a minute, we just built a, a brand new stadium, and your favorite place is a, <laughs> is a brick wall." Uh, but you know, it allows us to do wall ball before we go out to every practice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of my former coaches who, uh, you know, very well, Dan Shamati down in Richmond, yeah. uh, really instilled that in our guys to, uh, you know, just the pre-practice stick work that uh, comes from being a West Jenny guy, I guess. The <laughs> uh, only thing he didn't hand him was the uh, Milky Ways for uh, before practice. Snickers. 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 That's right. Right. <laughs> he did want him to run that hill a few yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I guess just to that point, wall ball, is that something that you just encourage? 
I mean, is that part of your routine as a program? Like, hey, you're expected to do X amount of wall ball or at this level, right? You know, they're division one players. They know what they need to do to kind of prepare themselves to get ready for practice and whatnot. Do you leave that to them? Do you leave it to the captains? What's your philosophy there? It's tradition, right? Like, so, um, you know, there have been years where um, I guess it's been drilled in by the coaches that you better get your touches before you get to the the field. Um, But... I think what's happened over time is that, you know, the upperclassmen, the younger guys are going to be walking out of this locker room in a, in a couple of days and, and see the upperclassmen, you know, on the wall, especially our offensive players. And, uh, and hopefully that's something that they're going to say, oh, this is important to Loyal, right? <laughs> if we want to be successful, we want to look good to the coaches, you know, but, but more importantly, we want to get our mind right before we, we step out on the field. And, um, you know, so often pregame, pre-practice, you name it, um, guys will be out there just getting their touches. And, oh, by the way, don't just go play wall ball. You better have your helmet on. You better have your gloves on and, yep. uh, and do it right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if they've made it to this level, you know, it's not too foreign to them to be playing wall ball. And I think just having access to that wall right there, I mean, what it comes down to sometimes is just, is there a wall or is there a bounce back nearby? If it's right there, you're going to play, right? You get a new stick, you're going to start dialing it in. It just, it's easy, you know, it keeps a stick in your hand, gets you some extra reps. So it's, it's probably pretty convenient to have that right here. Yeah. We save on the parents' uh, chimneys, right? Like <laughs> it's got a chimney <laughs> exactly. at home. and, uh, and hopefully they're not doing it off the walls of their dorms, you know, just come down here to Ridley, knock it out. Um, as you know, in college, um, it, a stick can break in a heartbeat. So you, you got to have two, you got to have three that are ready to go. And the only way to kind of prepare those on your own it is with you in a wall. Yeah. You have freshmen coming on campus for the first time, maybe this coming weekend today, probably starting today, um, starting school next week. If you could give one piece of advice to every incoming freshman lacrosse player, you know, whether it's here at Loyola or anywhere in the country, one piece of advice to them, what would it be, you know, for their first fall semester? You know, I, I would say just kind of keep your eyes wide open, right? Like, and, and embrace your surroundings, but, but, but see how see what's important to the upperclassmen. See, kind of take it all in in this moment. But but certainly, you know, for our freshmen, my first message is going to be: okay, you're coming to campus. Um, it's not important that you're a Loyola you're a Loyola student, right? Yeah. You're not a Loyola lacrosse player right now. Like embrace everything that Loyola has to offer, and you know when you come down to Ridley next week. Um, you know, and you're here and you're putting on all your stuff, then you become a loyal player. But go introduce yourself, you know, to your teachers. Go introduce yourself to other students on campus and really embrace everything that, that a place like Loyola has to offer. Um, that's what makes our school unique. Um, you can meet a lot of people and, you know, not that you'll you'll see everybody in your class on the first weekend, but, you know, you can make a lot of friends you know, throughout the campus community, that'll be, you know, possible roommates and, and best friends for life. That's some pretty sound advice. When I think back, I mean, I've talked to friends. When I think back to my college experience as a lacrosse player, a lot of it was just lacrosse. And that's all I kind of really cared about. Whereas, you know, in hindsight, it'd be like, wow, there were so many opportunities and different, you know, I guess clubs, you know, other people you could interact with, professors, and just, as you said, you come in eyes wide open, and it's, you know, lacrosse is a big part of why you're here, a lot of your players, but there's so much more to, you know, to be offered at, at any university, and so I think having that mindset that, hey, 
it's, you know, any type of balance with that is going to be good for you in the long run. hundred percent. You know, I, I, we encourage our guys to just go get into some clubs and activities outside of lacrosse. Um, you, you name it. I mean, just kind of throw yourself out there, be a student leader, right? Go, yeah. go into student government. Like those are things that you're putting on your resume and, you know, also, um, you know, just, it's a balance, right? Like uh, it's just all lacrosse and, and academics. There's got to be more to it, right? In, in terms of create. And, and that's one of the things that Loyola does a really good job is development of the whole person. That's one of our, you know, one of our mottos and, and, um, you know, whether or not it's, you know, physically, mentally, or, or um, you know, emotionally, right? Like, you got to have balance. And, yeah. and so I feel like if, if you do, um, you know, when it comes to lacrosse, if you're not worried about your roommate, if you're not worried about anything up on that side of campus, you know, you're going to be a better player. You're going to run through a wall for your coaches, yep. you know, but you can't be, you can't be running from a teacher because you didn't, you weren't prepared or you can't be running from a situation because you're worried about a, an RA, right? Yeah. Like just do things the right way and come down here and things will take care of themselves. You want Ridley to be a little bit of an escape, but not that type of escape. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You get the players back on campus. Do you start fall ball right away? Do you start meeting with them? Do they have lifts? Do you give them time to kind of settle in you know how does that process go here at Loyola you know it's 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 changed over the years right and it's probably changed again with COVID um you know I think that uh you know years ago you'd want to get them in you know down here and maybe do a run test right away and get them into the weight room and you know get the sticks in their hands and yeah and start fall ball as quickly as you could um now you know you've seen some um you know and, and as coaches we talk to a lot of other coaches about you know maybe getting into some individuals and having fall ball a little bit later in the year. Why? Well, you know, offensively and defensively, some of the things you're putting in, if they're putting them in in November, well, they're coming back in January and, and maybe they can retain them a little bit more. Um, also, you know, Baltimore can be a little bit humid uh, in September. So yeah. when, they, when you get to October, um, you know, you you really got some nice weather, but so what we'll do is, um, we're going to let the uh, strength coach kind of take over for the first week, um, evaluate and make sure that everything from, uh, uh, I guess, a compliance standpoint is, is in order. Um, make sure that the training room's, you know, happy with, with us getting ready to start. So we won't start fall ball until probably mid, mid to late September. Uh, so they'll have a plenty amount of time to do individuals with the coaches to work on their sticks but also physically to get themselves ready for that moment. Talk about individuals. You know, I think everyone has a general idea of what that means, but what does that mean here at Loyola? Is that helmets and gloves, you know, dodging, shooting as an offensive player, kind of foot, footwork, you know, maybe some stick checks on defense? What does that look like? Yeah, I, I, well, what the NCAA allows us to do is to see our athletes when you're not deemed in-season. So typically your fall ball season would be an in-season. We can yeah. see them for 20 hours a week or during our, our spring season, 20 hours a week. You have opportunities earlier than fall ball where you can see them eight hours, right? And so, um, and that's a combination of skills and, um, and weightlifting. And so really, you know, a lot of people are like, well, okay, that's awesome. They're not, you know, you're not, you're not in that grind that you're going to be in come fall ball, but we're going to yeah. see our guys every day. 
Um, it might be Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. They might be doing a, a lift and a little bit of a run. But then Tuesday, Thursdays, when I say individuals, what I mean by that is our offensive guys may come up here and work with Coach Van. We might have three or four groups of offensive guys. And it could be on dodging uh, a certain skill set. It's probably always going to have something to do with shooting and stick work. Um, one of my favorites, obviously, is to dive in with our goalies right away and to have four goalies that, yep. you know, I get a chance to kind of put through some drills and, and challenge. And, you know, I think that um, I think that the, the individual period is a great opportunity for the players to get to know the coaches and the coaches to know the players. You know, you get out there with 50 guys and you just start kind of, you know, putting them through drills and, and coaching right away. But individuals, it's kind of everything's a little more relaxed. It's slowed down. Um, a lot of times you're filming technique and you're just trying to, to get each, each player to understand maybe one or two things that they need to do to be a little more successful when we come together as a team. Going back to my first question, you know, how can a freshman prepare more directed at lacrosse, directed at you know, the strength and conditioning, the, sh- the individuals, and ultimately the fall practice coming off a of senior year of high school? What, what should they be doing, you know, maybe outside of the obvious, to get ready for the fall just so they don't skip a beat so they could potentially, you know, make an impact once spring comes their freshman year. You know, I, I would imagine that most coaches are sending home a strength and conditioning packet. And, yep. you know, I've never been the coach that says, well, these guys are going to follow it to the letter of the law, right? Like every day that's, you know, they're going <laughs> to punch that button. Some kids certainly will. Yeah. Um, and a lot of guys will take that packet directly to a strength coach or a gym and have somebody work with them through it. I think the biggest thing is that you just don't want to be overwhelmed with the running. You don't want to be overwhelmed with the strength coach when he's putting you through a first lift. Whether or not it's a squat and you've never done a squat before, you're, you're going to be hurting a little bit. Um, so, so having the ability you know, to buy in physically to, to what's going to be asked of you, and a lot of that will be explained in the workout program. Uh, but then you know, keeping the stick in your hand, you know, and, and we don't tell them that they have to do any one, two or three thing. You know, I don't need them to go to a committed combine or this and that to see yep. them play. They're, they're, they're Loyola guys. As soon as they commit to us, we've already seen them play. Um, I, I think it's really coming fresh. If you want to play, play. If you want to go play in some summer tournaments, by all means, do it. You know, the only guy that used to scare me doing all that stuff was Pat Spencer because he'd be playing basketball. I was always worried about an ankle. Yeah. But, you know, you want them to be athletes, and there is something to be said for playing sports outside of lacrosse. Yeah. I mean, it keeps them moving. You know, a lot of the same movements, they're getting better in other ways, and it's keeping lacrosse fresh because, you know, just being a multi-sport athlete myself, you hear people talk about it. Playing the other sports, right, then you get to lacrosse season, and you're fired up, you're ready, you're excited, and sometimes – when you're playing lacrosse all the time, as we've talked about earlier, that balance, you know, you need that. You definitely no, need that. No question. I think that's so, you know, so important to tell guys, especially in high school, you know, to, to not be afraid of being two-sport athletes, yeah. you know, to play football, play soccer, play ice hockey, you know, it all wrestle. Like, it all translates, basketball, obviously, you know, to, to what they're doing. But more importantly, it, it's that balance that we keep talking about. You know, yep. and uh, I just think it's so important. Talk about this summer, uh, how it went for you guys, you know, who you're looking at, what age are you still on 23s? Are you, are you moving on to 24s here? And just give a quick rundown of how things have been this summer and kind of what you're looking for this fall. Sure. Um, you know, we're fortunate to be fully staffed. So we have three coaches that have the ability to, you know, to get out on the road and, uh, 
and to you know we can kind of pick and choose our tournaments as to where we're going to be but you know the one thing i would say is as soon as your season ends whenever it ends national championship patriot league tournament you know somewhere in the playoffs there's probably an event the next day that that you yep. can go and start <laughs> watching guys um and so what we try to do is you know, as soon as our season ends, uh, we kind of have some follow-up meetings with our players. Takes a couple days, uh, and while we're we're you know scheduling those player those player meetings, we're starting to look at the calendar and you know starting to figure some things out. We already have an, a list of names that maybe guys that have kind of sent us emails and we've watched some video on. Um, but the one thing I would say is that you know it's not like five, six, seven years ago where you had to know the top eighth grader, ninth grader. It's, it's nice. You know, you get to, you want to know the sophomores, um, and you're starting to watch those guys, uh, without any contact of them. Um, you know, but that's pretty much what we were trying to do is to watch, you know, rising juniors, kids that had just finished their sophomore year and, um, you know, and, and to create a list. And throughout the summer we were up and down the East coast, um, you know, kind of evaluating and, and putting that list together and, uh, you know, with the hopes that uh, September 1st, we've got a really, you know, good group that's identified. And um, but as you mentioned, uh, we weren't exactly done with our 23. So that became a little bit of a challenge is that, yep. you know, you're watching two fields, you're watching the 23s and you're watching the 24s and the 23s. If you like somebody, you're trying to get them to campus this summer, um, you know, in, in hopes of just, you know, showing them what you have to offer with the idea that maybe they need to come back in the, in the fall. Um, we're certainly not done 100% with our 23s. Um, and we're just obviously like everyone starting with our 24s. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pearl lacrosse balls. I don't even think it's a question at this point, as far as what the best lacrosse balls on the market are, because anyone that has used Pearl lacrosse balls made by guardian sports knows that answer. These premium lacrosse balls are made here in the U.S. using an elastomer that meets all specs and standards and does not change over time. That means no more greasers and balls that are made to last. Make the upgrade now by going to guardiansports.com and get 10% off your first order using the discount code LR101. Are you a program that doesn't completely close out a class? You know, I just think of like, you know, I had John Galloway on the podcast. He's like, you know, we... This was a few years back, but he might have been like, we think we're all set with 22s, but if there's someone that catches our eye, you know, we're going to, and that we want, we're going to go after them. Is that kind of similar to here? Or when you are done with the class, are you usually done? You know, as you look around this room, I think the biggest challenge that I have is I have 50 lockers. And, and so, you know, I try to recruit to the locker, um, but that doesn't mean, as John said to you, that we won't find a guy that might be able to be a program changer for us and, and bring him in, add him to a class. I think that's our job as coaches is, you know, to kind of look at the balance that you have within your locker room, but also, you know, make sure that you're, you're doing the right thing by Loyola and putting the best program, you know, on the field. And so, yeah, I, I, I think I would kind of fall in that line is if there's someone I think can help us and he's a good fit for our locker room, um, you know, we've had guys doubled up before and, and, and certainly we, we do it again. <laughs> yeah. But that original list, right. You're talking about kind of that 24 list, you know, you'll be able to contact them tomorrow, right. It'd be September 1st and midnight uh, tonight. Oh, midnight tonight. <laughs> if you want, yeah. if you're one of those guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess leading up to that point, how do you usually make up that list? Is that you just 
catching guys at tournaments? Is that them reaching out a little bit? Is it you talking to your contacts at the high school and club level? How are those lists usually made up? All of the above, Luke. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are pretty savvy now of putting an email together with a YouTube video link, right? So we can see some of their some of their uh, video clips, you know, throughout their sophomore year. But um, you know, I, I always say that um, you know, recruiting is almost like getting married, right? Like you you, you go out on a date. So so we're going to go to an event, and something needs there needs to be a spark there. We need to see something <laughs> that kind of attracts our eye and makes us take a note, right? Like something has to happen on the field. The one thing I always joke around with our staff about is, you know, you can recruit and and say, okay, I can evaluate size. I can see speed. I can see skill and, and probably even IQ, right? But I can't measure the size of a young man's heart. And, and that's some of the times things, things that get lost through the process. And, you know, so until they're actually, you know, maybe at a prospect day or maybe at an event where you have the ability to coach them one-on-one and look them in the eye or, you know, see if they're one of those guys that want to stick around at the end of the session to kind of really work on what you've been talking about. Um, Those are the kind of guys that I want. I want the bucket of balls guy, right? Like the guy that's willing to leave the locker room when the team comes in here and, uh, you know, he's going to go back out and and work on his right or his left or his shot or what have you. But, um, you know, the uh, I would say that throughout the summer – you know, I, I, I have a great offensive coordinator and Coach Van Arsdale. Um, we all will evaluate, you know, offensive players. Uh, but if I like somebody, the first thing I'm going to do is kind of make sure that he gets a set of eyes on him. Right? And, and um, same thing with Coach Dwan defensively and Coach Vakeness, actually, who's our volunteer face-off coach. Like, uh, it's really important that those position coaches have a really good feel for – you know, that list and, and who we're going to reach out to on September 1st. So it's not, it's not Charlie Toomey, that's for sure. It's a, it's, a, it's a combined effort with our staff. Yeah. You are fully staffed, right? There's three of you kind of dividing and conquering. However, as we, you mentioned earlier, there's a ton of events, and it's probably hard to see everyone. How much do you, you know, you talk about the YouTube clips, but how much do you rely on film where, it's, you know, you can really break down, you can see all those aspects of a player's game you're probably going to want to see them live at some point but you know I, a lot of coaches say kind of since the COVID lockdowns where you know there's a recruiting dead period for so long they develop some habits of just watching film even more so and being able to tell if a player's going to, going to be a good fit can you talk about that do you guys rely on film a lot or do you typically like to see in person as much as you can and that's usually where you make your decisions <sighs> That's a great question. You know, I, I feel like um, there are things that, yes, we watch a lot of film. You know, yes, we have gotten used to having tournaments online. Um, later today, there'll be a big tournament online that, you know, you'll have the ability to watch watch games from 6.30 to midnight, right? Like, And um, and we'll be watching those, and, and, you know, but it'll be kind of a last look of guys that we've already identified. But what I would tell you is, you know uh, – it's a it's a mixture. Like I, I I have a really hard time adding a goalie to our list based on a video. You can't hear him. You yeah. can't see what happens behind the ball. You can't see the reaction of of him being coached by his coach. You know after a bad goal or or you know the, the does he do middies. You know, are they subbing off? Are they running through the box? Things that get lost behind the play and the camera. 
um, are reasons that I really think it's important to, uh, you know, to be out there on the sideline and, and watch guys play. And, um, you know, I, I, it's as, as important as it is, you know, for all of that, it's also important to talk to the high school coaches and the club coaches and, you know, find out kind of what makes them tick, what kind of guy are they, you know, what kind of teammate are they, a student. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard because, you know, that, that spark that I talked about earlier, that may come from a video, but, but there's, got to, there's a whole other side of the process that kind of needs to take place. Absolutely. You're watching the player. I'm sure you try to talk to the player when you can as you're recruiting them. You talk to the coaches. What's the parents' role? You know, obviously, um, I would tell our first priority is that, you know, outside of COVID, we'd like them to come visit campus. You know, that, I think that everybody went through that challenge. Probably did yeah. a thousand podcasts of guys with the frustration of, <laughs> of Zooms. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's trying to get parents and, and players to our campus. And something that we think is um, unique to a school like a, a, a Patriot League school is, is really the size of our school, um, the support of our school, the size of our classrooms, and um, – you know, I feel like that's something that we really we want to impress upon not only the student athlete but the parents, and that because they're going to be the ones that are going to drop them off and then probably come back for a green gray game later in the fall, uh, and then hopefully you know a lots of games in the spring. But um, I think that uh, I think that the parents' role is really to just kind of recognize honestly with the club coach and the high school coach the level that their son can probably play at. Right. And that's a challenge in itself. Uh, Of course. Um, And then, you know, hopefully give them the uh, the ability to to take a few visits and and to meet with coaches. And, you know, if I'm a parent and and I am of of three daughters, um, you know, it's really just kind of educating them about the process and saying, hey, you know, these are the types of questions that you want to ask. But you've got to create a relationship with that adult. You know, and I always believe that the recruiting process is an awesome process for that. It's a maturing process for a, for a student athlete yeah. because you're going to talk to guys that you've never met before. They're men. They're going to ask you what's important to you, what you want out of this, what what type of experience, what type of class size, what type of student are you, you know. Um, and, you know, as a parent, I think just being there in, in a support role until – your son or daughter says, Hey, this is, these are my top three. And then that's when I say, okay, that's when the conversation really kind of transitions to the parents. It's like, okay, he wants to be here. Now we need to make it work. Yeah. You know, and this is how we're going to make it work. Um, I want to hear from the student before I hear from a parent and most coaches do. Our relationship is going to be with that student athlete, you know, not, not, not recruiting a parent, you know? Yeah. When they get here, we'll show them what we have to offer and we'll show them the why. But hopefully, you know, the relationship is going to be with that student athlete through the process. I think that's a great way to go about it. I'm sure most other coaches feel, you know, similar. And the reason I asked that and I left it kind of open-ended to see where you went with it is because it's parents get torn. They want to do what's best for their kid. They want to help them as much as they can, as you know. A 16, 17-year-old, you know, whether it's a boy or girl, they don't necessarily know what they want, right? They can, you know, something will spark their interest, but they're not entirely sure. And so there has to, going back to our theme, that balance of 
guiding them, it seems like, but ultimately they have to make the decision. And I love how you bring up it's such a good process for a young man to talk to the coaches, make sure they're sending the emails, make sure they're the ones who are going to have the conversation with the coaches. Because when they stay on top of that, that you know, then they're earning you know the potential road to that college, right? If it's the parent saying, you need to email this coach, you need to do this, then ultimately you're just kind of enabling them to get there. And it's something they didn't really earn because once they become a loyal men's lacrosse player, you know, it's a privilege. It's not a right to be here. And so I think that mentality of them kind of having to work for it a little bit and them having those tough conversations as a young man, that's ultimately what's going to make success once they get here. And you know, it's just the balance of that and the parents saying, okay, well, I don't want to leave my kid hanging out to dry and all of a sudden everyone else committed and he's good enough, but he just, you know, maybe he's not mature in that way yet. So that, that's why I asked that. You know, and it's, it's, it's so well put. I mean, it, the challenge obviously is that there are only so many spots, you know, and there is anxiety, you know, oh, yeah. whether or not it's the student athletes or the parents, there's anxiety and, um, hopefully recruiting is just building a relationship. And, and obviously the quicker you can build that relationship, you can take that opportunity to get to a campus when a, when a coach is asking you to, um, you know, that, that just kind of, it speeds up the process a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I, I think you said it best, you know, it's, it's just allowing that student to kind of, to not enable the student athlete to, to just kind of allow them to, you know, figure out what the right fit is. And yeah. there's so many, there's so many different types of fits out there, right? Like exactly. You have to, you have to have your eyes open. You have to ask the questions. You have to be willing to get in the car and, and go meet a staff and go walk around the campus and, and you'll walk away and they'll say, you know, I could see myself there. Or, mm, I want to keep looking. Yeah. It has to be a good fit. As you mentioned earlier, it's like, it's like a marriage, right? It has to be coming from both sides. When you get a, potential or a recruit that you you know potentially want to come play for you here and they're here with their parents what is something you want them to take away and whether or not they come here you know or they end up going somewhere else what is something you want them leaving or a few things that you want them leaving with to know okay this is what Loyola and Loyola Cross is all about I think in a, in a small amount of time you, you certainly want them to know the support that we have from the university you, know, you look out on that field and you don't see football lines Right. So we we would tell you that, you know, both Jen Adams and myself were supported very, very well here by our administration. Um, game days are special here. Our student athletes show up at Ridley. They show up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and they make it a difficult place to play for our opponent. But what I would tell you is that walking through that tunnel and feeling the student body behind you um, is really a unique experience. And so and that's a challenge. You're, you're, you know, you're you're communicating it and you're showing them video in the summertime. Uh, but unless they're able to come in the spring and see it, and many of them have games as well, um, that's certainly one thing. And, and then, you know, the reality of it is we're, we're a uh, school that's, um, you know, a Jesuit school. So we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about mind, body, spirit, and some of the things that I quite honestly think are important here in that it kind of gets back to the balance Right. And um, and and not just being, you know, an athlete, not just being a student athlete and coming here to win lacrosse games. You're you're here to get a loyal education. You're here, you know, to push yourself to new limits, you know, in all phases of of your collegiate career. And um, 
I, I think that that's really important. But then the other side of it is our academic support, like whether or not it's the class size, whether having relationships with teachers. You know, when you're one of um, 25 as a freshman in a class, you can't hide. You better come prepared, right? Very true. And then in your junior, senior year, when it's one of, you know, 10, 12 kids, um, whittled down that major, um, just to know you're going to have that support. And, um, you know, I think that that's something that I really hope, I'm hopeful that we've impressed upon, you know, uh, a parent group, but also, you know, the consistency of our staff, you know, and, and I go back to the support that we have as a university, you know, Coach Van, Coach Dwan, certainly Coach Vagnus and myself, uh, our Dolo, Ryan McNulty's a, a new Dolo. But, um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a situation where you don't see a fl- uh, staff that's flipping year in, year out because they have to. Yeah. You know, so there's a uh, – I think that just shows the commitment that the university has to allow us to stay together and have families. Yeah, I think it's special. I mean, your staff – has pretty much been here for a long time. I mean, this is your 18th season as a head coach coming into 2023. What is something that you've learned, you know, over your time, you've been coaching for a while. What is something that maybe when you were younger, you thought was the right way to approach things, or you thought this is how we're going to win. And then over time, you've maybe changed your mind on, or you've realized that there's another way or another approach or something, you know, a better way to go about it. Is there anything that comes to mind when I say something like that? You know, I just, I'm always curious as, you know, an experienced coach, you know, what, what is something you thought of initially that you're like, okay, well, actually we've changed our way a little bit about like this. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I see our, our alumni that were here in years one through five. And a lot of times I apologize. <laughs> I just apologize. <laughs> and they go, why coach? You know, you, you were building it like, you know, and then yeah. and, and 2012 was a magical moment for us. And, and I'm like, I, I was just a jerk. I, 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 I was, I was hard. I, 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 you know, I pushed you really, really hard. And they're like, coach, we needed that. We need it. And, and, you know, I think it's that balance of, you know, you got to pick and choose your battle. So you, you, not everything's a battle. Right. Sure. And, and so, um, you know, just kind of, for me right now, the most important thing is to just recognize the culture of the program and to make sure that, one, we've got good guys. I, I, I want good human beings in here, you know, and that comes back to recruiting, but it also comes back to, you know, how you're talking to them, the expectations, you know, that we have, the code of conduct maybe that, you know, we'll go over when yeah. they get here. Um, but, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, is that – I don't have to worry about what's going to happen on a Friday night here. I just don't like the guys that understand, you know, what, what's important. Right. And, and whether or not it's lacrosse academics, you know, just being a good person, like those, I don't, I don't go to a recruiting event looking to, you know, say, well, I can get this guy as long as he's a qualifier. He's the best player on the field. Well, now we've got some academic challenges being in the Patriot League, right? Yeah, so, so that kind of, you know, makes sure that we're recruiting, you know, uh, kids with high academics. Um, but also nine times out of ten, those are pretty driven young men that understand what they want out of this. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's really it. It's just kind of to just pick and choose my battles a little bit more um, to recognize that I want to have great – I've always had great relationships with our players, I feel like. Um, but 
uh, we've had probably a lot fewer 6 a.m. practices based on bad stick work or based on other things that, you yeah. know, there's enough time to fix anything that you need to. You don't need to do everything at 6 a.m. Yeah, that's an excellent point about you want to recruit good guys, just, you know, in the overall sense. And reason being is guys that are going to buy into the culture that you've set here for Loyola Men's Lacrosse. Because when they buy into that culture, like you said, you're not worried about what they're doing on a Friday night, right? I mean, obviously players make mistakes, but ultimately, you know, the trend, if the upperclassmen are following a trend, the, you know, the younger guys are going to, and all that's distraction, right? It's distraction for you and the staff and, and for the team. So now you guys can focus on what's important, what's really going to help make you win. And so I'm sure over time you've kind of, you know what you're looking for now to ultimately bring the guys in. So you have the team you want that you can focus 100% on what's going to you know, produce on the field. Also, what's obviously good for the players overall, but you know, that's how you kind of build a program. So that's, that's an excellent point. 100%. You know, I, I think that, one, they're going to learn from the upperclassmen, but, two, it's, it kind of goes back to that, as we said, the recruiting process and just what's important to you as a coach. You know, the type of young man that you're getting, if I've got to worry about you, it's not the right place. You could be the best face-off guy in the country, but, you know, I, I want the best student athlete. I want a guy that, you know, is going to have that balance that we've already talked about. Um, but more importantly, when you drive up that hill to Ridley, you can't wait to get to practice and see Coach V and to jump out on that field and to just get after it with your teammates. Like, that's, that's what we're looking for. And, and you don't have to be the number one guy. you got to have the number one heart. Yeah. And that's the guy we're, we want to work with. Yeah. Well, that kind of comes to my last question here. It's kind of all, you know, on the same subject. When you're whittling down, right, a recruiting class, and let's say you have two midfielders that you like a lot, you know, whether the same reasons, different reasons. When you end up deciding on one of them, I'm sure it's different for each example, but when you end up deciding on one of them, what is the – the deal breaker what is the thing that puts you over the edge of, okay we're gonna we're gonna offer this kid instead of this kid you know is there a theme there at all other than the kind of what you've talked about well that's uh and that situation has happened a few times you know where I know coach van would say you know is it a guy that could come out of the box possibly play play attack a little bit right like is he versatile yeah um being a former goaltender, I would say, is he a guy that if he's not playing offense can he be a short stick for us and and maybe because there's a strong tradition here of our short sticks having great careers, you know, in the PLL and, and being oh, yeah. it's our rope unit is something that, you know, is like a badge of honor at Loyola. And, and um, we, we feel like if I can identify that guy, an athlete that, that, that might be able to help us there, then so be it. So it really gets into that room where you're sitting with your coaches and saying, okay, you know, what does this team need? Yeah. Um, and what do, uh, you know, because like you said, you're splitting hairs. They're both great kids. They're both great students. They're good yeah. players in their own right, um, and they're probably both. If if they're gonna they're gonna end up somewhere, so we might and, end and up. There's playing not necessarily them. a wrong answer. There I isn't. mean, they might be great. It's both what does great. our team need in it's, that moment for the next four years? Yeah, and I think versatility, like you said, that's huge because they come in as an attackman that you think you know they may do well. But all of a sudden, you next class, you have better attackment. It's like, all right, well, can we move you to midfield? Can you get in and play a little defense? Or maybe, hey, can you play short stick D? Whatever it is. That versatility is huge because I think you see that on all college rosters. Guys start out in one position, but they're going to do what they can to just step on the field. So if they have that versatility, I mean, that's, that's huge. 
100%. You're absolutely right. All right. Well, Coach Toomey, thanks for uh, inviting me down here to uh, Baltimore to sit down with you in the locker room and uh, have a great talk. And uh, obviously, best of luck with this uh, fall as you get players on campus here, as you start up your fall ball and then into the 23 season. Great to have you here, Luke. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Recruiting 101. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a question for Luke? Email them to questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com.